Hey, what's up, everybody? Credit Show on Dirt coming to you live from the Sweet Bee Studios. Today's Monday. Dun, 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 dun. I know, I know. It's Monday, but it is Monday, March 18th, which means we got 10 days until baseball starts. Yeah, buddy. All right, so not this Thursday, but next Thursday. So as it sits right now, this is going to be the last week until like November that we do not have Major League Baseball to watch. Hallelujah, praise Jesus. I cannot believe it. I've been waiting for this forever. You know, so as the season, a little tip du jour, as the season begins, you know, because we all work. We work jobs, and those jobs sometimes make us work Monday through Friday, sometimes Saturday, sometimes Sunday. So what I want you to do now is the key to getting time off of work for a baseball game, especially like a day game, you know, like I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and there's a single A White Sox game or a single A White Sox team and a triple A White Sox team. And let's say I want to get out of work, right? So what you need to do now at your job is establish a pre-existing condition, maybe a heart condition, a foot ailment, a back ailment, you know, because you can tell you you can tell your work that you have like a foot thing. They're not going to ask you any more questions because that's really weird, right? But the key here with um, a pre-existing condition is it gets you out of work at the ready just like that because you could have some sort of flare-up with your heart, with your feet, with your knees, with your back. Maybe you get migraines. That's an easy one, okay? So if we're going up the list of how to get out of work, one – you get migraines. And if you tell, if your work knows that you get migraines and that's a pre-existing condition, you can get out of work pretty much within minutes of scoring a ticket to a day game. You know, you just go to the bathroom, hit yourself in the face a few times, make your face red, do whatever you've got to do, you know, and maybe gag yourself to really have that like, oh my God, I'm sick look. And then just tell your boss that you just came down with a migraine and they'll be super understanding and they'll send you home. And that's all you have to do. Um, That's what, yeah. You could also tell them, you know, that you have a heart condition. So for example, my heart, it beats too fast sometimes. And then I get really sick. And that can also flare up at any moment. So I just tell the employer, oh my God, my heart, I have to go to the doctor. Listen, if you tell your work that you got a heart thing, yo, they're about ready to call an ambulance. Like you'll get out of work ASAP, but don't tell them too much because you don't really want to get sent to the ER. You just want to go to a day game and drink a few beers, right? So get your pre-existing conditions lined out. You got 10 days to come up with it, but we got some games to watch. All right, let's get to this thing right now. Um, Hold on, my computer thinks it wants to do an update like mid recording. I'm I'm worried to update my Apple computer because it's like the new software with an old computer it might not go so good, right? Okay. Well, check it. I want to I don't know how to transition. I should just stop. Opening day matchups, dude. So opening day being the 28th, I've went over a few things that I'm super interested in as opening day kicks off with um, you know, baseball's first series of games. And I kind of just looked at stuff that I was super pumped to get into and watch and figured I would just share that with everybody that listens to this podcast. So, here we go. I don't have any transition music, but I probably should. Opening day matchup, number one. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over matchups and then some players to watch, okay? So, 
Matchup number one, the Washington Nationals at the New York Mets. And the reason why this is so key is, for one, the opening day matchup is Jacob deGrom against Max Scherzer. So that in itself is a Doc Holiday johnny Ringo duel, right? So I'm just like, get a hold of that start, man, because these are two dudes going at it. But also, the real interesting thing to dig in is the Nationals outfield. You know, the Nationals have not had Bryce Harper in their outfield since 2011. So now this is pretty much Victor Robles, who I think will play left field. Juan Soto. Oh, shoot. Victor Robles plays center field. He's fast. Juan Soto will play right, and Adam Eaton, I think, will play left. I could have those two backwards. But what I'm getting at is the guy... The thing to watch out for for the Nationals is their outfield. But most importantly, I have my eyes on Juan Soto. This was... The 19-year-old stud last year who probably had the best teenager, the best baseball season for a teenager ever, right? So it's really Juan Soto is the biggest reason why Nationals fans and the Nationals team aren't super worried about not having Bryce Harper. And it's also sort of the reason why I think they figured they just didn't need to spend the money on Bryce Harper, that he wasn't an actual need because Juan Soto had the best season for a teenager probably ever in the history of Major League Baseball, which has been played since like Model T's were the vehicle of choice, or you had like a sweet horse-drawn carriage. Look at this stuff, right? Juan Soto, here's one thing I love about Juan Soto. Last season, he drew 79 walks and only struck out 99 times. Those numbers, they were within 20 of each other, right? So when those numbers are fairly close to each other, that is a really good sign that you have a really good hitter. Juan Soto had the most multi-home run games and the most multi-walk games ever by a teenager, right? Teenagers that have played Major League Baseball, Bryce Harper, Junior Griffey, Mickey Mantle, Mel Ott, Manny Machado, Ty Cobb, Okay. He was the only, those guys were teenagers when they played Major League Baseball and they started. But yet it's Juan Soto that was the only teenager with an on-base percentage higher than 400. He had the highest on-base percentage and OPS ever for a teenager. And that includes all of the guys that I just named. So you got a guy that anytime you ever have a Major League player that's got an on-base percentage 400 or over, he's in elite territory. His rookie season... Juan Soto's absolutely slaughters Bryce Harper's rookie season. And you see it in the OPS number where Bryce's was 118 and Juan Soto's was 142. These are huge things. So this is the official passing of the torch and how absolutely phenomenal Juan Soto's rookie season was. I'm so excited for the second part of this because it could be huge. I cannot wait to get my hands on it for sure. And then, of course, Victor Robles is, you know, they were gonna, they would have called up Victor Robles last season, but he got injured. So they called up Soto instead. So I think at that point, Victor Robles was seen as being more ready. He just wasn't available. So now we get to see Victor Robles playing in center field. He can hit. He can hit the ball pretty hard. He's really fast. I mean, he could be Soto 2.0 at this point for sure. Um, and then if the Washington Nationals and, you know, if Adam Eaton stays healthy, you're going to you can have a really good outfield. One of the best in Major League Baseball with these three guys on it, Robles, Soto and Eaton. So keep your eye on the Washington Nationals this year. Juan Soto and Co in that outfield. It could be an outfield 
they could really give the Red Sox outfield of Bradley, Betts, and Benatendi a run for their money of being the best outfield in baseball. At least offensively, you know, I know Mookie and Jackie Bradley, they're elite defenders, and Benatendi's actually a really good defender too, okay? But yeah, keep your eye on that. And especially in the Max Scherzer-Jacob deGrom starting starting matchup, that game uh, is opening day at like 1.05 p.m. Eastern, okay? Now the second game and player I have my eye on it's the Yankees and Orioles, and really the Orioles are going to be awful. So the game's probably going to be a bummer, but Aaron Judge, man. Aaron Judge is a guy to watch, and I feel like maybe this spring training and this past offseason, I didn't hear a whole lot about Aaron Judge. I mean, is, is Aaron Judge forgotten? I'm just not seeing a lot about Judge on social media and things like that, but you got to figure that In 2018, he missed time because he got hit in the hand and broke his wrist and missed a ton of time. But let's not forget his 2017 performance of 52 home runs and 114 RBIs with a 7.2 offensive war. That is three wins higher than what Bryce Harper just put up this past season. And all we've talked about is Bryce Harper and his $330 million deal. But there's a lot of stuff I love about Aaron Judge, okay? I do believe Aaron Judge is a guy who can adjust quicker than most hitters. We saw that in 2017 when he hit a slump after the All-Star break, and then when by the time the year ended, he was back to normal. Aaron Judge studies hitters like Albert Einstein studied and created the general theory of relativity, right? Aaron Judge is that dude. He too carries an on-base percentage. Well, for his career, his on-base percentage is 398. But in 2017, he was a 422 on-base percentage. He slugs a ton. He can take his walk. He can hit the ball to opposite fields. And when I look at a healthy Aaron Judge, which we didn't get last season because he got hit in the wrist, we could see a 10-win season in 2019 for Aaron Judge, officially putting him in Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Bryce Harper in 2015 territory as a supremely elite guy who is going to be in the MVP talk this year. And because, and I know Aaron Judge is one of the smartest hitters in all of baseball and can adjust so quickly because he studies hitting so well. And that's why I'm so interested to watch him because he could put up a season that's better than his 2017 because he is that hitter. Aaron Judge will never, ever be Chumbawamba. He's never going to be a one-hit wonder. He's not in it. He's going to be good for a long time, and this season could be huge for Aaron Judge. The guy walks around 6'7", 285. He's as big as Lou Ferrigno. And he's just, he hits a ball really good, man. Um, I was going to compare him to, like, somebody. I couldn't really think of anybody. But all I'm saying is this, man. He He's the best of both worlds. He's big, and he's got a smooth swing on him. So Aaron Judge is a guy that I for sure want to watch this year. He's, right now, he's my pick for the American League MVP. He's a positive war defender. He's a really good player. I know... On MLB on MLB Network, they do like the top right fielders in all of baseball. And when Aaron Judge, this past offseason, just like a month ago, was rated the number one right fielder in all of baseball, and Mookie Betts was rated the number two 
right fielder in all of baseball. And Boston fans were PO'd, man. I think baseball fans in general were PO'd. But I'm looking at this and I'm like, Aaron Judge is a better hitter than Mookie Betts is. And he's a positive war defender. He's not the defender that Mookie Betts is, but they're different players, man. But Aaron Judge is a dominant hitter. And I, I think we're going to see that this year, man. No doubt about it. So let's move to the Cardinals and the Brewers, man. I don't really care about the Brewers at all. But the Cardinals, man. Harrison Bader is the St. Louis Cardinals center fielder. He is an elite defender and one of the fastest dudes in all of baseball, man. He is Speedy Gonzalez, man. He is quick. He's got a hell of a glove on him. He's an elite. He's he's one of he might be. He's in the conversation of the best outfielder in all of Major League Baseball. And what we look at with Harrison this year is how well's he going to hit now that he's a second-year player. His first year, he was still an above-average hitter at a 106 OPS+, plus, which means he's 6% better than the average hitter in Major League Baseball. But it's his defense, man. There's a stat on StatCast that's like called five-star catches, and it's the hardest catch to make. And StatCast measures that based on distance covered, where the ball was hit, how the ball was hit, like all this crazy stuff that I don't even exactly know. But simply put, a five-star catch is really like a catch that you're not supposed to make, but you make them, right? That's a counting stat. Now, Harrison Bader didn't play a lot of innings last year because he didn't really become a consistent outfielder till a little bit later in the season. He made more five-star catches than anyone in Major League Baseball, and which means that he made the most impossible catches in Major League Baseball, the most catches that you're not supposed to make. If that ball's not supposed to be caught, Harrison Bader's going to catch it, man. He is, he's got the seventh fastest sprint speed in all of Major League Baseball. He's in the top 1% of wheels in baseball, man. It's crazy. And if his offense kicks around this season, I mean, he's going to be an elite outfielder. He's going to lead the St. Louis Cardinals outfield. It's going to be huge, man. I know they got Marcelo Zuna out in left field, but to have a guy that can save runs like Harrison Bader does, at one point in 2018, with the minimal innings that he had played, he led the league in defensive runs saved. That's a counting stat, not a percentage stat like batting average. So he saves runs so hard. He's a difference maker on the defensive side. It's as if, like, Ozzie Smith is an outfielder now, right? Defense can win you games, and Harrison Bader is that type of defender. So tune in to watch Harrison Bader because he's bound to make some phenomenal catches out there. And, you know, we'll we'll see what his bat does, but I think it's going to be a blast to watch him, man. He's got a big mop of curly hair, and he's a, he's a good dude. He, his interviews are always great, and he's fun to watch. He really is. He stacks up at 6 feet and 195 pounds, so he's a pretty stout dude. So I'm curious to see what he can do, man, on the base path. Is he going to steal a bunch this season? I kind of have this feeling that the stolen base is going to kind of make a resurgence, and it's going to come back like the fanny pack, like it's returned. And I feel like the, the stolen base, man, I'm excited for it. 
bringing the stolen base back. And I think guys like Bader and like Trey Turner, actually the Nationals should steal a lot of bases this season as well. I'm all about the stolen base coming back, man. Let's my next my next goods, dude. Let's talk about the Braves and the Phillies. Obviously, you want to watch a lot of Phillies games this year. Aaron Nola can definitely win the National League Cy Young. There was a case to be made for him last year, man. He he was the most meaningful pitcher on any team last season. And I, I say that because the Phillies needed him more than the Nationals needed Max Scherzer because the Phillies weren't winning unless Aaron Nola was on the mound. Like, the Phillies would lose every game, but then when Nola would come, the Phillies would win. He's a difference maker, and he he creates wins for his team. And, like, you can visibly see it. It's not like this obscure war stat. If you just look at the Phillies' record last year and how much they lost, and then Aaron Nola would pitch and they would win. And that's huge because... You know, the Phillies should make the playoffs this year, I believe. I don't um I don't know if I have a pick to win the NL East. I think it might you know, my pick's the Phillies to win the NL East. And because Nola can stop a losing streak, dude, Nola's the type of guy that could make some sort of weird Madison Bumgarner difference in the postseason for the Philadelphia Phillies, right? But the guy I want to focus on is an Atlanta Brave and his name is Ronald Acuna Jr. Listen to this, man. He was Rookie of the Year last year, okay? Obviously, we all know that, but get a load of this. As measured per Fangraph's offensive war, he was the second best offensive producer in the second half last year. Only Christian Yelich was better than him offensively, which means in the second half, Ronald Acuna performed within the ranks, depending on what stat you're looking at. Obviously, overall offensive war he was better than Mookie Betts Alex Bregman JD Martinez Justin Turner Bryce Harper Mike Trout he was fourth in home runs fourth in weighted on base average he was unbelievably elite and inserted himself into the MVP conversation he was fifth and weighted runs created plus, which was better than Mookie. His weighted on-base average was better than Mookie. I think Mookie had... Mookie for sure has a better defensive war, you know? But there were some key stats that Acuna was better than Mookie Betts in offensively. And I'm using Mookie as my placebo here because of just how damn good Mookie Betts is. And when you can perform up to that par, listen... Ronald Acuna is easily and could be in the MVP conversation in the National League for 2019. Easily. He could be a top five player in all of baseball as early as this season. That's how good he's getting with his speed and his bat and all of this stuff. It's so wild. This spring, he's batting 353 with an 1171 OPS, dude. This is wild, and what makes this matchup so good with the Braves and Phillies is, in my eyes, I think that these are the top two teams in the National League East. I think it's what it's going to come down to, and it's going to be huge to see, man, because this is a test right out of the gate to see who's going to run with this, man. This is a Braves and Phillies team that it's going to go down to the wire, and we're going to see it really quick, and these young Braves are going to have to go up against Aaron Nola, because he's going to be the opening day starter for the Phillies. 
We don't know who's going to be the opening day starter for the Braves. I um, The Braves got a couple pitchers I like, man. They have a potential really good one-two punch in Sean Newcomb and Mike fulton I think Mike fulton is hurt right now. I think his shoulder's a little inflamed. Sean Newcomb had a great start to last season. Almost no hit the Los Angeles Dodgers with like one out left to go in the ninth inning. But if these guys are healthy, Sean Newcomb and Mike fulton if they stay healthy and pitch to what their potential could possibly be, Sean Newcomb is a lefty that throws high 90s. Mike fulton is a righty that can touch 100. If those two pitchers for the Braves perform, they could be a really good one-two punch. That could definitely be, you know... Neither Newcomb or fulton will be better than Nola, but they have the potential to overall be a better one-two combo than anything the Phillies can offer, you know, meaning like Air Nola and Jake Arrieta. And that could be huge for the Braves down the stretch, especially if they want to win, um, you know, their, the second division title in a row. All right, last matchup. Last one I want to talk about. Tampa Bay Rays, Houston Astros. Man, there's not much more exciting than the 90-win Tampa Bay Rays who seemingly did it with nothing. Nobody. They had Blake Snell. Now that was it. <laughs> not another guy. Nobody knows where these wins came from. But they got a guy named Tommy Fan. Tommy Pham, who was traded to the Tampa Bay Rays at the deadline. And guess what? Do you want to know how... Tommy Pham looked offensively in the second half of last season when he slumped with the Cardinals in the first half and then went to Tampa Bay. He somehow found meaning to baseball and was right in the mix with guys Mookie Betts, Alex Bregman, Ronald Acuna, Christian Yelich. Listen, ahead of him... Wait, hold on, hold on. Tommy Pham's, here they are. I'm looking for numbers, dude. This isn't a professional podcast. Don't judge me in your car right now. I don't know what I'm doing. Mookie, or Tommy Pham in the second half batted 331 with a 433 on base percentage. He slugged 580. He slugged 580. This is nuts. He had, he was ahead of Mookie Betts in weighted on base average, which is an offensive statistic that just doesn't judge a player getting on base, but what they did to get on base. So if your weighted on base average is higher than the next guys, it's because you had better hits. You had more doubles, more triples, more home runs, stuff like that. Well, Tommy Pham was better at that than what Mookie Betts was and had a higher batting average and a higher WRC+. plus. It's crazy. And this isn't me. Again, I am not bashing Mookie Betts. But Mookie Betts is my comparison because he's freaking amazing. And it's just nuts at what Tommy Pham did, dude. And Tommy Pham's got one of the best stories in all of baseball. Dude, he has a degenerative eye condition. He is almost blind and has to continuously tweak his contacts so he's not completely blind um he grew up a little rough man doesn't know his dad doesn't want to know his dad there's an article on usa today that's phenomenal that talks about the struggles of tommy fam with his eyesight growing up and not having a dad and being told he wasn't good enough and all of this stuff and you just read it and realize that he is the most resolute bloodthirsty single-minded person in all of baseball that is tommy fam dude 
He's unwavering. He's stoic. He is supremely focused. He is one of the most impressive athletes mentally I've ever seen, and that drives him physically, which is why you saw him get traded to Tampa Bay, and he's like, I was with the Cardinals, and now I'm going to the Tampa Bay Rays. That's the worst thing in the world. That's like eating brand-name cereal and then getting generic cereal. You're like, no, I don't want this because I know what it's like to have the good stuff, but what did Tommy Pham do? He could have easily shit the bed, but no, he put it together. He uses a wake-up call, and he said, I'm going to own this situation. He did it in the second half of 2018, and to this point, Tommy Pham has taken ownership of this Tampa Bay Rays clubhouse with his imposing confidence, and he speaks that he really believes and speaks it that Tampa Bay is a threat, and we're going to do some damage this year, and teams are coming for us, but we we want to be in that mix of the ALEs. Tommy Pham truly believes that, and it is emanating through the clubhouse in the words of this man. He is nuts, dude. This is a guy to watch out for. The Tampa Bay Rays are a team to watch in 2019 because the things that they do, it's going to be so unreal because we saw what they did in 2018 and this Tampa Bay Rays, man, their system is so different than other teams because they're doing things with way less than what other teams have. And Tommy Pham is just another, he's another example of what this franchise does to people, man. It like creates this resilience and Tommy Pham is built for this, man. So I love it, dude. Watch as much Tampa Bay Rays baseball as you can this year. I'm super excited for it. All right, let's get into the last part of this show. Um, this is going to be some advice from the desk of the Sweet Bee Studio. So this is going to be a real serious segment. This one is for the people. This one is specifically for the fans of baseball who have a team that is tanking. Okay, it could be a trying time. If your team is in a rebuilding mode, you're going to want to listen carefully to this. All right, this comes from the heart. There's going to be a lot of good information in here because, you know, me being a Chicago Cubs fan, um, I'm a loser by nature because I'm a Cubs fan, and the Cubs are pretty much losers with the exception of 2016. And listen, they're the lovable losers because as a Cubs fan, we, we I've learned to embrace this. And if your team is tanking, who else can you really take advice from and it mean as much as it does than from a Cubs fan? I that's I can relate to being a loser better than anyone can, right? So if you're a Rangers fan, you're a Marlins fan, you're a Giants fan, Lord willing it, hell, God help you if you're a Reds fan, a Padres fan. I mean, dude, let's get it going, man. So listen, I'm going to help you out here, right? I have some stuff. I wrote it down really quick. Um, because these are some things that I've sort of leaned on through the lean years of not being a winner, okay? So the number one thing you need to do, my friend, you listening in your car right now, it's Monday. Monday suck, but I'm here to help you. Number one thing you want to do for the season, find yourself a good beer. That is number one, and it's key to getting through the season when your team is garbage. Find a good beer. You want to find a beer that says, I want to get hammered, but also like there is a tomorrow and I want to look forward to the next day. So you're going to 
for sure want to stay away from your Keystone lights. You're going to want to stay away from your Natty light, Bud Ice, Milwaukee's Best. Any beer that has ice at the end of the name, Ice House, Natty Ice, Keystone Ice, whatever Bud Ice, whatever the hell's out there, if it has ice in the name, dude, stay away from it, man. The only people I ever see buying ice beer are the ones that I'm pretty sure are taking a break from making meth in their trailer. Like, there's nobody in the world that should ever, ever drink ice beer if you have all your teeth in, like, a job. Like, it doesn't work like that. But, yeah, if you make meth and you're a baseball fan, I guess, like, keep drinking your ice beer. But I don't recommend it, man. Those are rock-bottom beers, dude. Those are, like, I'm an alcoholic beer, right? Like, there, there's no hope, and this is all a cry for help. So stay away from Keystone Light, man. None of that shit, dude. Like, it just doesn't work like that, man. It's You have nothing to live for at that point, and you should call, um, like, a rehab place. So, you know, but I would go... Like a Bud Light Lime is a beer that will get you hammered. It's a beer that you can drink a lot of, but a Bud Light Lime, it tastes good. It tastes fun. It's a great way to stay positive, man. You know, like we're not here for the beer. No, we are here for the beer, man. We're going to get hammered. That's the reason why you got to be here for, because you know, it's, you don't have, um, much going on, but that Bud Light's gonna gonna keep you. It's gonna keep things fun, man, because it's got lime in it. You can also buy a Yingling. Find you a Yingling Black and Tan. You can get a six pack for seven bucks. That's a damn good beer, man. It's a dark beer, but it's really light. It's real good to drink, man. Or um, I do recommend grabbing a forty ounce of Miller High Life because like it gives the illusion. Of rock bottom, so if you want to really like be destructive to yourself, dude, get a forty ounce of High Life and put it in a paper bag, just like uh, like a hood movie. Like, don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Wrap that sucker up, because let's be honest, man, we we are at rock bottom a little bit here, but it's like when you wrap it in that paper bag, it kind of is, it's cathartic, you know, it releases some tension, but. Because it's the champagne of beers, you know, it's sort of like wearing a tuxedo t-shirt, right? Or having a mullet, you know, because you keep things lined up in the front, but you sort of kind of want to party too. So the 40 ounce of Miller High Life, it's a responsible rock bottom beer. Just go for it, man. Find your beer. Also, what you probably need to do is find a new competition, right? Like if you're watching TV, and your team sucks, go watch Top Chef, dude. I just finished a season of Top Chef Kentucky. Oh my God, it was intense, man. I'm yelling at the TV every night. I'm wanting this person to win and that person to win. I'm looking at this food and I'm loving my best life, man. You can even watch like Fixer Upper because there's competition in all these shows on HGTV. Like, dude, can they make the meal fast enough? Oh, with the budget that we have, can we finish the house? There is so much tension, and in a way, there's competition in it as well, man. Also, start a wiffle ball league, man. There are people that have actual wiffle ball leagues. Like, it's going to be amazing, dude. So just find you another outlet of competition. It could be anything, dude. Start gambling with your coworkers. Start gambling in real life, man. Do something that's competitive. I love the Top Chef Top Chef 
method, another outlet to watch on TV because it's like a nicotine patch as opposed to smoking. You still get to watch the TV, but you're just getting into something a little more competitive, right? Also, watch old baseball games when your team was good. Go back in the glory days like Uncle Rico and throw that pigskin a country mile, man. Live that best life, dude. Also, what you might need to do in this, this is my third. Um, I got this one and one more. This is my third recommendation. All right, find a superstition. Now, you've got to keep your eyes on this, right? So if your team had a good game, look at what you did that day. Look at what you did that day. And tell me, did that help your team or not, right? Did, let's say you're a Rangers fan, right? Did the Rangers have a good game today? Did you also happen to eat 50 barbecue hot wings on a bet, right? You might need to eat a ton of wings, a copious amount of hot wings every day. For the Rangers to play. I know that's going to cause a lot of acid indigestion. Maybe some weird things in the bathroom. But let me ask you this. Are, are you here to win? Are you dedicated to this game? I'm not asking you to hustle to first. You don't really have a first base to hustle to. But will you hustle to the buffet? Will you eat until your stomach hurts and you have to loosen your belt, right? Maybe you didn't take a shower all weekend and the the Pirates took three or four from the Cubs. Well, I think you better rethink every shower you take if you want your team to win. Get your shit together, man. This is what it's got to be, right? Did you possibly have to spank your kid for not eating his vegetables? But I don't, I'm not here to judge you if you spank your kid or not. I don't have a kid to hit. If I had a kid, I'd probably wear his ass out and make him mow the yard every day, right? Whether it needed it or not. But I'm telling you, listen. If you spanked your kid, if you had to discipline your child, right, and the angels smoked the athletics 10 to 2, well, sorry, kid, you're going to get spanked every single day. Like, do your chores, man. And uh, daddy, daddy, I did my chores. Don't care. Sorry, bud. Pop. Angels win the games, man. Do what you got to do, man. This is it. Um, so double down on deodorant and don't like Adrian Peterson, your kid. But whatever you have to do, I'm not encouraging you to hit your kid. This is for entertainment purposes only. Whatever you have to do superstition-wise, lock on to it and make it happen. Don't care. Don't care. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. And you might smell a little bit. Whatever, right? But one of the other fun things I do, and this is serious, man. Listen to a game on the radio. Right, if your team kind of sucks, or if baseball is getting boring because it's 162 games, listen, I have a baseball podcast, right? I'm barely recording this episode right now because there's nothing that's happened in the past week. It's a little boring right now. If you want to change things up, man, I'm a huge advocate. Listen to a baseball game on the radio. It is the funnest thing. Shut your TV off in the house. You don't have to be in the car to listen to a game on the radio. Be at home. Get you a good Bluetooth radio. Shut ev- shut your TV off. No TVs on. And get you a beer. Get you some good food. And listen to a game on the radio. Those games are called with a refreshing amount of detail that it's just fun 
to listen to, man. I love listening to a baseball game on the radio, and I I can't wait until the regular season starts, and I'm going to listen to some games on the radio. I mean, I enjoy it. It's, um, you know, like when the hitter comes up to the plate, the way the hitter is described, the way the pitches are described, a lot of the radio people will go more in-depth to what's happening and, you know, the psyche of the hitter and the pitcher and things like that. I mean, it's, it's a treat, dude. I absolutely love it. Uh, yeah, radio for sure. Um, do I have, I wrote some other stuffs down. If your team's tanking, I wrote switch teams and lose all hope. Nah, I've thought about that a lot. Um, find a shouting fountain, which at where I work at, there's a fountain outside and I go out there to yell about things I'm unhappy about and it works pretty good, right? Like, for example, like I used to yell, Hector Ronto, don't give up a home run. Because he would give up so many home runs. Or like, I would yell, um, Jose Quintana, pitch past the fifth inning. Like, dude, just stuff. It feels good. It feels good to, to, to do that. Like, hey, Chicago Cubs, quit striking out. Score a run in two games. It feels good. Oh, my God. It feels good right now just to yell those things, right? I love it. Joe Madden, not another pitching change. Damn, it feels good. Get my trap to the playoffs, damn it. That's it. I'll stop yelling because I don't know how that's going to sound in your car. But anything you have that you struggle with, just yell. Right? Angel Hernandez, call a strike. Joe West, retire. These are things that are great, man. Just yell, dude. Um, oh, also, I wrote down, watch something worse to feel good about yourself. Just go to Walmart and people watch. Yeah, if you're in a deep, dark depression, your baseball team sucks, you can for sure go to Walmart and you'll feel much better about yourself. I love it. Oh, that's it, man. That's it, dude. Let's... um. I work a close show, man. That's it. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, wasn't my best one that I've had. Might have been my worst one. So if you made it to minute 38, uh, you deserve a free sticker. If you want a sticker, I'll, I'll mail you one, man. If you rate this podcast and give us a good rating, that might require you to lie. I don't care, man. Do anything for the free sticker. I'm not going to charge you money for it. But if you go to Facebook or iTunes and leave us like a five-star review with a, a comment that sounds like it's from the heart, I'd be happy to mail you a sticker. Nobody really ever does this a whole lot. I've got a pretty good amount of stickers. Um, but if you want one, I would please, please leave us a review. Please take a sticker. Right? Mom, if you're out there listening, please leave a review. Thank you. Um, all right, guys. Have a good Monday. You know how I feel about Mondays. Pull the fire alarm if you have to. But we're 10 days away from baseball starting, dude. So cheers to this. And we will catch you guys on the flip side. All right. Have a phenomenal week. Thanks for listening. Be good, dudes. 10 days, baby. Later, Gators. Gators.